0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Training for Life Redeemed. I'm Dan, your host, and I'm here with my dad, David Jackson. We've been working through Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, looking at the commands and the way they can be applied. In this episode, we are going to talk about how God put his people through his very own boot camp.
1: boot camp my memories of boot camp that's an american term we called it uh, recruit training back in the day but it's taken on a new meaning now with all this fitness business so you know more about that <laughs> what does uh, what's a boot camp and what got to, why would you see that as having anything to do with what god did with israel in the wilderness
0: yeah look i think a boot camp boot camps are used in fitness to really kind of boost, like it gives you a kickstart or something like that, they are normally, you know, a weekend or a week or something, they don't go very long because, you know, everyone's got busy lives, but you're essentially doing a short period of time of really intense training where you're learning skills for losing weight or for getting super fit, if you're going to go and enter some kind of um, upcoming big competition, you might do a boot camp before that, they're really intense and you get great results from them but then for life like if you're trying to lose weight for you to continue to keep that weight off or to continue to lose weight and continue to be healthy what you learn at boot camp you should then be using a lot of that stuff then throughout the rest of your life as you go forward and i think for god and israel in the wilderness you know god is the trainer he's he's taken his people out there and he's giving them an intensive training sessions where he's teaching them what it means to follow him. You know, it's painful, it's hard, pushes against their barriers. It's, you know, just really stretching Israel to their limits. And you can see it as they complain about everything. And as God constantly just lays out, well, you, you, here's the next one, here's the next one, challenge this, your next challenge is here. But it's really there to grow Israel and to develop their faith in, in him because if they're not trusting God, then everything doesn't work. Whereas when they are trusting, when they are faithful, you know, if they're trusting and obeying God, everything goes perfectly. And that can be as simple as Moses holding up his hands long enough to (laughs) right through to, you know, when they all get complaining about quail and how much they're eating quail, how much manna they've had to deal with, or the fact that They're constantly walking through deserted places, uh, challenges to leadership and, you know, actually submitting to the people who God has put in place as leaders. There's lots of stuff in there where they're being trained intensely for what is to come because God's got to get them prepped for being his people in his place. And so in order to bring them into his place where he's going to live with them, they need to be living and know what it means to live in, in the way that he's called them to live and what the what the results are if you don't. Because if, you, if you've if you got God with you and you stuff up, you know, that's where all these big things happen in the wilderness. You've got the ground opening up and swallowing people up. It's because God's there. You can't have sin where God is. And so he's mm. training them. He's very lenient, really, in everything <laughs> that he does. He trains them. And Moses spends a lot of time on his knees praying, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah, I... When I think of, look at these people in the wilderness with Yahweh training them, I go back to, I mean, I I was in the Army Reserve, which are the weekend warriors. We got to play with all the toys, but we didn't actually have to go into combat at the time, which was a blessing. I thank God that I've never had to shoot anybody. But we learned how to do that, and we learned how to survive in the bush. And it wasn't a lot of fun sometimes, especially when you had to get up in the morning. But what it did teach was a certain discipline. It trained self-control. It trained us to look at the way we spent our day. It was predictable. It was reliable, except when you were on exercise and nothing worked. But when nothing worked, you had the self-discipline and the self-control to make it work, and you knew what your choices were. But I, I still remember we had a live firing day, It's one thing to train in theory and to run around with toys and fire blanks at each other. That's little boys' work. What happens when you're given live ammunition is a whole new story and when people's lives are at risk if you make a mistake. So we were at the grenade range one day and we're throwing live hand grenades and we've been given all of our warnings and done all our theory and had a few practice shots with, you know, blank lumps of lead or whatever we were throwing around. But it's a long day and you get tired And our company commander got tired, and he didn't follow instructions. So you heard the order. Ready, throw, one, two, three, down. And we were next supposed to wait for the bang, and then get up. So we were waiting for this order up, and it never came. So here we are, crouched down in our little bunker. The grenades have all gone off. And I turn round and I look up at the captain's bunker, and he steps out of it with blood streaming down his face. The instructions were that the range commander was to duck under the window and then come up after the bang. He got a bit tired of ducking under the window, so he stepped to the side and a fragment of the grenade bounced off, hit him a centimetre below his left eye. (sighs) It's a tiny mistake, but it could have taken his eye out or worse. So God is training self-control, He's training us to see life as it for real, to know what the real consequences are, and we get to practice, practice, practice until you get it right, and it's exhausting. Uh, but I tell you what, there's there's something about a life that's predictable and reliable; it becomes a safe life, mm. and I think that's why a lot of people went into monasteries because their lives were regulated and they took away their need for self-control and self-discipline. It was imposed on them, and if it was imposed, you just felt safe. A lot of prisoners go back to jail because it's a safer place than being out. Uh, and I think what God is doing is training us to take that that skill of self-control and getting life right and then go and invest that in the communities in which we live.
0: Okay, but I also often hear Christians say that They sin and fail because, you know, everyone's a sinner or I couldn't cope. It's kind of ingrained in us as humans that we're all sinful. We're sinful from birth. Does God really expect us to be strong enough not to fail?
1: (laughs) If you've got children, which we've all had here, we know that uh, there's a million excuses uh, and a million arguments as to why we should just let them get away with it. But life is too serious. To do that and the really good news is that christians are new creation once we were in bondage to sin like israel was in bondage to pharaoh but now we're not we're free not to sin we have the option we didn't used to have that option everything we did was sin but now we have the option to get it right it's a funny thing but i hear christians refer to us we're all sinners well actually if you check your bible we're not Nowhere in the New Testament is a Christian called a sinner. Paul refers to himself as the chief of sinners, and he was referring back to the time before he was converted, when he was persecuting Christians. We stand before God, blameless, innocent of all charges, totally righteous because Jesus paid it all. We're born again. We have a new nature. We still choose to sin, but it's not because we're somehow hardwired to sin so that we can't do anything else. Before we were born again, we developed all sorts of sinful habits. We adopted a sinful lifestyle. We were addicted to sinful attitudes and behaviors. Now, Paul in the New Testament tells us we've got to put those things off. We've got to take them off like a set of old clothes, and we've got to put on the character of Christ. When Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, he meant it. He he wasn't bluffing. He wasn't telling us to do something that... He wasn't going to empower us to do, but it takes training and practice. It's not just going to happen because we blinked and said yes to Jesus. Uh, We have to learn how to do this, and it's going to take us the rest of our life. We won't finish the job, but by jingos, we can make a good start on it and make some headway.
0: Yeah, breaking a habit and overcoming an addiction, definitely a huge challenge, uh, it doesn't look like Israel managed to make much progress, though, during their 40 <laughs> years in the wilderness.
1: Yeah. Well, if we're talking about the first generation, they failed boot camp. You're absolutely right. Uh, what's remarkable, and I think something that we miss, we, we get so focused on that first generation and how they got it all wrong, but one of the remarkable things is the second generation got it right. They passed boot camp, and there's this beautiful passage in Judges 2.7, The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord that he'd done for Israel. Now, after that generation, it all fell apart and the next generation got it wrong. So in verse 10, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, which means they were died and buried. And there arose another generation after them who didn't know the Lord nor yet the work which he'd done for Israel. The first generation blew it, the second generation got it right, but the one thing the second generation didn't do was teach their children. So the third generation totally messed it up, and we'll get to that when we look at the Book of Judges, and boy, did they mess it up. Life just fell completely apart. So it's so important that not only do we do the boot camp, but we train the next generation in the lifestyle of the gospel, to throw off that old way of living and those old addictions and habits and attitudes and put on Christ, uh, God's instructions for life. Now, if we're not redeemed, if we lack the presence of God with us, we can't do any of this. But if Jesus is Lord and Saviour, if we're born again, the Holy Spirit takes God's word and he trains us and empowers us to overcome. And we've got to do that one behavior at a time one situation at a time god orders our life's experiences to help us do that what the, the issue we're facing today is something god planned it's not random and we need to pay attention to the and work with the word of god and the holy spirit and then teach our children along the way uh, i think it's a comforting cha- uh, great comfort and a challenge to read paul's take on all of this I remember as a young man, new Christian, struggling with my lifestyle and attitude and behavior and everything else. And my pastor was fairly merciless when he applied the gospel. And I thank God for him. But he pointed out to me when I was whinging and making excuses like the people of Israel. 1 Corinthians 10.13 David, go home and memorize this verse. You need it. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Nothing special about you, sunshine. With the temptation, God will provide a way of escape also so that you'll be able to endure it. It's not like nobody else faced this. It's not like you didn't have a choice. It's not like God is testing you beyond what, you're, what you can cope with. He's got it all sorted. Your problem is you need to exercise the training and put it into practice. So that knocks out all of my excuses, and it says we can learn to put on this new character and lifestyle. And that's good news because it means we stop wrecking the place.
0: Yeah, God doesn't just save us and leave us to muddle through life here. He, we have the, this personal relationship with him and his personal words to us in the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit and the mateship of fellow believers at our local church, but we still have to get up in the mornings and face what is coming and trust him and make the choices that he's training us to make. It is about a heart that loves Jesus, a head that knows him, and feet and hands that serve him. He takes care of the rest and is amazing to watch. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe. And if you would like the study notes for today's episode, please head over to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 17. Thanks for listening.